0: production. G'day guys and welcome back to another episode of Footy Talk, your daily dose of footy with all the latest news, interviews and analysis from the world of AFL. On today's episode of Footy Talk, we'll get stuck into a whip around the grounds after what we have seen so far across round four. We'll unpack what we've seen from the Saints and the Suns at Marvel last night, and then we'll hand it over to the boys in Sydney who will run through all of the action at the SCG with the Swans and Port in an absolute thriller. That is all to come on Footy Talk. Abby Holmes here with Lee Montagno and Jack Heverin. Boys. How are we going? We're
1: good. We're We're probably going a bit better than Stuart Dewey's right now, I would say. Joey, that was a pretty tough night at the office for the Suns after they let it quarter time.
2: Yeah, it was a big watch on the Gold Coast Suns tonight to see what they would do after their strong performance against Geelong. Last week, it's been a bit of an issue for Gold Coast, really for their existence. They show glimmers that they are going to be the team that they promised to be and that everyone hopes they will be. But again, they sometimes find a way to fail. And uh, today they had a great first quarter. They put up a strong fight. They played the better of the football. The second quarter turned into a bit of an arm wrestle until St Kilda just broke them down. They they went harder for longer. Their pressure was up for longer and eventually they started to break down this Gold Coast Sun side. You could see it happening through late part of the second quarter and then in the third quarter the floodgates opened and they had no response.
0: We'll get stuck into the Saints and how good they were but Jake how much time do we give the Suns? Because it's the same conversations that we're having, isn't it? On a year-to-year basis, a week-to-week basis. Yeah, you're
1: right, Abs. Uh, look, it, it's hard in a way because this is a team that beat Geelong last week, the reigning premiers, mm. who, who we know aren't going that well at the moment. And they'll get there. They've got yeah. a lot of players that they don't have available. But it was a good win from the Suns, something that you can bank. And oh, I thought they'd come here to Marble Stadium and really give the Saints sure. a show. Joey said it in the call. It's, they don't seem to have that ability to stop a flow. So when a team get going... Mm. They don't – whether it's they choose not to or whether they don't know how to or it's a combination of all these things. When a team gets going, that's it. It's one-way traffic after that. And unfortunately for the Suns, we saw it all again tonight. And, Joey, you said it in the call, and, and I agree with you. I, 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 I've I no idea where they're at, and yeah. I, I've no idea that how they think they could possibly be playing finals this
2: year. It's, it's a hard one because I think there's a lot to it. It's not just one thing, and that's the hardest part. I, as I said – in the call, I think there's too many passengers. It seems like they leave too too little to too few. Something's missing spiritual-wise. It feels like when it gets hard, they fall away. They don't have that resolve to be able to roll up the sleeves. Um, and maybe they, they need to change it up a little bit. Stuart Jew's been in the helm for a while now. And for the similar results, they just haven't been able to to take the next step the competition is getting harder and harder every year. So it's not like it's you're just going to naturally progress. Other teams leapfrog. We're seeing that again from St Kilda and some other sides. So yeah, they've got some big questions to ask themselves, the Gold Coast Suns. But they're not alone. There are a few other teams in a similar basket. It's it's awfully hard. And, you know, maybe, as we know, playing on the Gold Coast and everything and all the issues they have up there might might just be a, a big challenge for them.
0: Ben King, understand he's coming back from injury and obviously spent a lot of time out of the game with that ACL, but... Six touches for him tonight. Zero marks, zero tackles. He did kick a goal, yes, but we need to be seeing a little bit more from him.
2: Yeah, we? we do. He's been rusty, and everyone's given him an out so far this season because he's coming back from an ACL injury. You know, he's a big player. It does take a bit of time, but the fundamentals shouldn't be rusty. You should be able to, to mark a ball or be able to pick up a ground ball um, and even work rate-wise. I mean, he's had enough time now to, to be fully fit, a full preseason, so they need more out of him. He's, he's a big name. I know it's hard playing as a forward in a team that weren't providing the ball use that they probably should, but he's one of the leaders that maybe can can need to stand up. And maybe uh, Stewie Dew might have been able to help him and get him more involved in the game, get him a bit higher up the ground or put him on a wing for just something different because he was he was left uh, hanging in that forward line and Callum Wilkie and Dougal Howard had their way with the forwards.
0: On the contrary, <laughs> let's talk about the positives, guys. Yes. The Saints, they are four <laughs> and zip, 53-point victors. At Marvel Stadium, geez, they are a scary prospect for any opposition side.
1: I reckon all you can ask as a fan, regardless of the sport, doesn't matter, it's cricket, footy, netball, basketball, whatever, all you can ask is that your team turns up and has a crack. And if they come undone, they don't win, you can walk away and say so at least they had a go. This St Kilda team is 4-0 and based <laughs> on having a crack. There's... There's nothing super scientific about what they do. Yes, they structure it really well behind the ball, Joey, and you you can talk more about that. But they just put their head down and they go to work week in, week out. And they've been a joy to watch so far this season. And I think it can continue. Everyone wants to be naysayers and say it it won't continue. It can because it's really simple what they're doing. And
0: and it's the, the senior, more experienced players are contributing week in, week out, which is great to see consistently across the board. But they're kids you know, Mitch Owens, what he was able to produce to last night and um, Caminiti and, you know, so many of the young guys coming in. You can't ask for much more, can you, for what they've been delivering? No,
2: and, and they don't need to be the ones that, that, that carry the side. They just need to play their role. Exactly. And it starts and stops with the leaders who have all been excellent, but they don't have the star power with their lineup. They don't have the talent of some other teams, particularly when they're missing their two best players, Jack Steele and Max King but they're playing an even team performance everyone's playing their role the you know Higgins and Butler and Brad Hill who have been you know harshly judged at times and scrutinized myself included for some of their performance in previous years are playing honest consistent football they're using their running power for good you know the midfielders are all cracking in Seb Ross who's been maligned as well and Brad Crouch they're having a crack the defenders are standing tall so when everybody just plays their role and doesn't have to do anything heroic heroically they're getting the results that
1: they are. Abs, we need to keep an eye on something too, by the way. We're, they're 4-0. and Joey's just been put into the St Kilda Hall of Fame, <laughs> so he's now in the exalted category at the Saints. But th- this love affair that's developing between Lee Montagna and Mitch Owens oh. is now becoming
2: uh, – it's, it's alarming. I, well, think, I, think. I think I'm with him. I'm just representing are you there too I'm there too Abby I'm just representing for the St Kilda how, fans I am I'm like a St Kilda Mitch fan Mitch Owens has Everyone, got options all of a sudden everyone's in <laughs> everyone's in love with Mitch Owens I mean because he epitomises everything we've spoken about he just has a red hot crack he's not the most talented polished player out there but he, he'll back into every pack he'll run his heart out he'll do whatever the team needs whether that's go in the ruck whether it's compete for a high ball against mm. the big boys bring it to ground and then he has little moments of brilliance where he takes a big mark or a big goal he typifies everything that's St Kilda this year
0: 27 disposals
2: playing as a permanent forward
0: five marks five tackles so not only is he is he doing it in the air but as soon as the footy hits the ground he's turning to that defensive mindset and really able to lock it in there their forward half so there's not too many chinks in their armor is there defensively what did they concede 60 points mm-hmm. tonight as well Howard Wilkie battle back there there's there's really no chinks.
1: And they have got so many good players still to come back. So yep. they're 4-0. They could, as we spoke about in the in the call on Triple M 40, they, they could go at 50% from here on in Joey and, and just about make it to finals with King, Memory, yeah. Billings, Caulfield, Steele, Webster, just to name a few still to come back it, if you're a Saints fan, it'd be really exciting right now, I
2: reckon, because they they haven't got to their best yet and they're still undefeated. Well, Ross Lyons speaking about it. They're still he's still discovering more about his team by the week, so they're just going to continue to improve. And huge game over in uh, South Australia oh, Sunday Matt. twilight against Collingwood.
0: We will just touch quickly on the injury out of the game last night, Jack Vitele. I was shattered for him. He comes in as the tactical sub. He gets the opportunity. He's on the ground for eight minutes, and a- as I said during the call. You want to come on, you want to impact, you want to earn your spot in the starting 22 next week. So so that was really shattering to see.
1: And he's had so many issues already, Jack Bightell. He's been in the system for five years now. He's only played eight, game number 18 tonight. He's had a long time out with his back and they've rated him for a long time. It's kind of why they've stuck with him. So hopefully it's, it's not too serious. But on the other hand, Joey, it is another
2: one to go on the St Kilda injury. Yeah, we'll know more probably tomorrow. But uh, fingers crossed for him uh, that it's not too serious.
0: There was another thriller last night at the SCG with the Swans and the Power Port getting it done by two points. So we'll hand it over to the boys to dissect that one. You're listening to Footy Talk. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or Listener, please hit the like button and leave us a review or rating. New episodes coming your way every single day at lunchtime.
3: You're back with Footy Talk Around the Grounds. Brad Seymour and Troy Luff here in Sydney after a cracker between the Swans and Port Adelaide. 9-12-66 the power. They defeat Sydney 9-10-64. As I turn to you, Luffy, uh, the major talking points, and there are many out of this match. um, Both teams,
4: well, it wasn't a great spectacle, but a win full of resolve for Port Adelaide. It was. It was important for Port Adelaide to have a win. There's been a bit of talk back in Adelaide, a bit of pressure. ...pressure on Ken Hinkley. They came up here with a fantastic record. The Swans haven't beaten Port Adelaide since 2016. There were only eight players in the Swans' side... ...who have actually played in a winning game against Port Adelaide... ...and and that run now continues. And it was... There were plenty of times during the game... ...Port Adelaide could have just thrown in the towel... ...and thought, nah, the Swans, they kept getting away. Even with five minutes to go... ...the Swans, they needed three goals, Port Adelaide... ...and they end up kicking the three goals to get back in front. So, good, neither side... Would have walked away here with the win saying we played well to win that. Port Adelaide won't say they played well. If the Swans won, they wouldn't have said they played well to win that. But it's four points and it's very important.
3: Uh, it took Port Adelaide about 47 minutes to kick their first goal. Sydney jumped out of the gates, kicked the first four of the game. Yep. Port Adelaide kicked their own four. Scores level, dead level at half time,
4: Yet with Sydney, a couple of injury worries. Paddy McCartan and his brother Tom. Tony McCartan went down early and I guess it also shows you how fragile he is that he banged his head on the ground and it, honestly it wasn't that hard and he was shaken up by that we know how many concussions he's had in the past he had to give football away for quite a few years because of that he was subbed out after just 4 minutes then Tommy McCartan late in the first quarter He copped a knock. He continued to play for a little while, but he was taken off in the second quarter, went down into the rooms, did not reappear for the rest of the game. He was then out of the game. Unfortunately, there was no sub, so the Swans only had three on the bench from literally 10 minutes into the second quarter. Now, that will mean that both the McCartons will miss the next week as well.
3: Well, they play Richmond in Gather Round uh, next week, so a tall order for the Swans um, in their start to the season. Um, a couple of interesting things happen.
4: Lots of interesting things happen. Well, with,
3: <laughs> with regard to umpires, and <sighs> uh, how many free kicks were awarded today in total? This is unheard
4: of, really. Well, not unheard of, but very rare 55 free kicks were given in this 55 free kicks now the the game yes we've got four umpires now fantastic they can see more but it doesn't mean you have to give more free kicks it, it's just unheard of that that happens that often and and the problem is the free kicks had massive impact on the game. Free kicks that cost both sides goals. There was a there was a rush behind that was paid as a free kick because apparently Dan Houston didn't show enough intent or he wasn't under enough pressure. Logan McDonald was about two meters away from him, and because he wasn't chasing him hard, the umpire believes it's a free kick. And then he's given a free kick to to Marshall against Dane Rampy when they were both just making body contact in a marking contest because Marshall fell over. The umpire thought, well, that's got to be a free kick. That's another goal. Then they paid a 50-metre to the other. The umpires had a lot of impact on this game because some of those free kicks ended up with scores. So what I'm hearing from you is that the tedious nature of these free kicks... It got to a point where you didn't know. The, the umpire was blowing the whistle. The ruck free kicks. One went one way to Laddams. The next one went to Lysette. And yet they're doing exactly the same thing. The game wasn't let go on up. There were too many soft free kicks. And 50-metre penalties or free kicks. Chad Warner was paid a fi- against a 50-metre penalty when Jeremy Finlayson, he took one step forward but then decided to back off. That was paid a 50. And then... Laddams did the same thing. Took a mark inside his own 50, about to have a shot for goal. He faked a handball. The umpires called play on, but he didn't go off the mark. And so these sort of free kicks, just massive impact on the game. All right. You're
3: tending to focus a little bit on the negative, Luffy. So if I I could roll you around the other side of the coin to the positive. The top performers um, tonight, firstly for Port Adelaide, the winners.
4: Look, I think... Port Adelaide didn't have a lot of big winners. One of them was Zach Butters. Played a very consistent game. I always look at players that played four-quarter effort, and that's what coaches want as well. He ended up with 27 disposals, kicked a goal. Aliyah Aliyah did a fantastic job on Lance Franklin. Lance Franklin had very little impact on this game. He ended up only having four kicks and didn't score at all. Aliyah left him often to go and help his teammates to spoil, and he ended up with 16 disposals himself. He was fantastic. Other than that, there wasn't a lot from Port Adelaide. Rosie was probably commendable, but other than that, there wasn't a great deal going across the board. Did they get – well, okay. Did they get a little from a lot, which is what Ken Hinkley would want? They got a little from a lot, but not enough from ones that you'd expect. You know, Pau Pepper or – uh, Ollie Wines, Travis Boak, who's he's had a very quiet start to the year. He had 19, Ollie Wines 19, but that was six kicks, 13 Ham. It's not what you expect. You expect to see more from them. They don't have to do it every week. It's just as a Port Adelaide supporter, you'd want to see them do more. Uh, Charlie Dixon had big impact in the last 12 minutes of the game, 15 minutes of the game when he's moved into the ruck. He's got all his possessions literally in that part of the game because he was well beaten by Dane Rampey. And that made an impact on the scoreboard as well by him getting the ball forward. All right.
3: For the Swans, uh, obviously, you mentioned Rampy a number of times. Yep. Ollie Florent um, was another star uh, tonight. He was who, fantastic. Who else did you
4: like? Well, Ollie Florent actually had his career-high 33 disposals. Previous best was 31. Now, he played as a back-pocket back-flank for all of the game, did a fantastic job on pal Pepper, kicked a goal, nearly kicked the winning goal. He thought he kicked the winning goal, as did the crowd, until the wind actually kept it into the ground. He ended up with 33 disposals. Uh, Chad Warner, he he got better as the game went on and probably from about halfway through the third quarter, he really took off his determination to get the ball, win the ball. He ended up with 30 touches uh, and a couple of goals. And as I said, Dame Rampey was probably the best as well. He might have a big job again next week. So, so out of tonight,
3: I guess, um, Port Adelaide dominated the air with both McCartons off the ground. Yep. Both McCartons look set to miss next week. They play Richmond and Gather Round in Adelaide. Tall Timber again. Tom Lynch, Jack Rewind. Walt, uh whoever else goes forward for him can, yep. can
4: be short or tall. He's got a number of options um, Richmond have. But how's it going to play out next week? It's going to be tough for the Swans. It was tough today. Now, Robbie Fox, he came on and did a pretty good job. He can play on a tall as well. Um, so he did a good job. So it is it's going to be Robbie Fox. It's going to be, uh, you know, McInerney might have to come back and play as a back flank, not as a deep back pocket, but as a back flank as as a running back flank. If they've got talls up the ground, he may have to push back a little bit. So yeah. it's going to be it's going to be tough for the Swans losing the McCartans. All right, we'll wrap this up, Luffy. Time to say uh, goodbye. But uh, in twenty seconds, yep. just quickly, what did you love most about Port Adelaide? Oh, just their determination. Their never give in. They never thought they were out of this game. Even when they hadn't scored a goal until 12-minute mark of the second quarter, they never thought they were out of this game and they kept plugging away until eventually they hit the lead with literally a minute to go and end up with the four points. A
3: fine win for Port Adelaide. If you have any questions for us, get on Instagram at footytalk underscore pod or TikTok at footypod. Tomorrow, Daisy, Jay Clark and Abby Holmes on deck to unpack the weekend before Easter Monday kicks off at the G. Listener.